0: Yeah. So, I mean, like I tell, I've mentioned on the podcast, but I'm a golf fitness trainer. You know, somebody does not come to me if they need me, if they want to learn how to hit the golf ball. I cannot do that. That
1: is not my. <laughs> You're like, please, you yeah, not asking me. That is not my forte. I'm still working That's not on my it for area myself.
0: Of <laughs> what? But if you get instruction from a certified golf instructor, you know, a swing coach, I can help prepare your body to better take that instruction. And utilize it yeah. properly, you know, you know, tell your body, you know, how to load more weight into your trail leg, more, create more ground force production, how to swing the club faster um, by, you know, doing speed drills, you know, how to stabilize your core throughout the swing by doing, you know, core exercises, things like that.
1: You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness Podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of the Addicted to Fitness podcast, and we want to start off by saying welcome, thank you, hopefully you have been here before, you loved it, you loved it so much that you've shared it with friends and told everybody about it, and now you're just tuning in for some more great health and fitness related Conversation and hopefully you'll gain some knowledge Mm -hmm. in this. We like to consider ourselves like armchair experts of a number of health and fitness topics. And both of us now I can say this both of us now actually work in the health and fitness realm in various capacities. Nick is a personal trainer, Mm -hmm. I am a well being coach and meditation coach. And this week we are talking about a fitness uh, topic that actually came up through me overhearing a conversation of Nick on the phone talking to prospective client. So you're Yes, eavesdropping. I was eavesdropping, and I got an idea for a podcast, folks. Mm-hmm. That's how the magic happens here at Addicted to Fitness.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think we're gonna we're gonna explore the idea of personal training for. Adolescents or kids.
1: Yeah, for like young athletes. Mm-hmm. Like when is it right and why? Um, I think there is I mean, until that conversation that I overheard, uh-huh. you were in the same car as me. Yeah, so I okay. mean, it wasn't like I was creeping at doors uh-huh. and listening with like a cup to the the door or anything. Um I kind of have been in the mind of like you know why would you why would you take a kid who probably already has a pretty intense schedule and then put training on them in addition to some other kind of sport and i i know enough about what you do uh-huh. like cuz you have a number of of young younger clientele mm-hmm. yep and it wasn't until I really heard you talking about it that I was like, maybe other people have this same thought where it's like, why would I pay to have my kid go to a personal trainer? They're already in a like a, you know, a league or an extracurricular where they're doing this. And it made so much sense hearing you talk about it. And I was right. like, of course. So that is why we're going to focus today.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. And before we do that, um, I want to let people know, you already talked about rating reviews and thank you for coming. Yes. Uh, I want to tell people that we also have an Instagram at the ATF podcast. Yep. We put some extra content on there and we also, it's a great way to reach us. So if you can send us a DM there, if you ever want to connect. So before we get into the main topic for this week's podcast, we're going to talk about training recaps.
1: Well, you're going to talk about training recaps. Because I don't have a training recap this week. I actually had a pretty slow week
0: of training also, because I don't know if you guys heard me last week. Thought I had a little strange sound to my voice, and I probably did, because I was on the verge of getting a cold. So I had a cold that I was dealing with most of this week, and I battled hard.
1: Yeah. So I guess my
0: training recap battled it, but then you gave it to me. How I competed it and gave it to Shannon. Um, So that's just sharing and sharing (laughs) is caring. I woke up, I think, Monday, with some head cold conditions or uh, symptoms, I should say. And so I really got down on the, uh, our zinc tablets that also have echinacea and vitamin C in them. Uh, also started taking some over-the-counter decongestions that I'm apt to do, especially when I'm sick, including a nighttime medicine that just knocks you out and also works on you. Yes. So uh, in addition to do that, I also slept in the other room. To try to help, uh, both of us yeah, get some rest,
1: which I appreciated because mm-hmm. uh, somebody snores a bit on a good day. Yep. So, and that someone is not me. Uh huh.
0: It you're is not the me. it
1: is not the dog. I think you're talking about me? So we've already, yeah.
0: You might be talking about me.
1: We're, we're definitely talking about you. So. so yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for that.
0: So yeah. So luckily, though, I think by Wednesday, I started feeling somewhat. Coming back around Thursday definitely felt good, and Friday I felt almost a hundred percent and that's when you I transferred it to you essentially um yep, but in order to do kind of help me get to that point. Um, I stayed away from most of working out for most of the week. Didn't go to jujitsu, but I did get several, a couple of sauna sessions in this week, which I always think helps kind of expedite the healing. Problem. So does, you know, I think it gets your immune system working and a lot of the heat shock proteins, the benefits I've heard about that definitely helps your body kind of protect itself and make yourself more resilient. So, um, I know. I don't know if there's any direct studies that have been uh, shown to, um, how sauna help may help with fight a cold while you have it, um, uh, more probably preventative, but, um, I thought it really helped me expedite the process. So I did get on the Peloton before the end of the week. I'm pretty happy about that. So now what about you?
1: Anything? Put your finger out of my face. Uh, no, no <laughs> there training. was nothing. There was no training. I was very tired this week, mm-hmm. so and I did not sleep well. So there was no training for this gotcha. one. I did walks, and that was about it.
0: Walks, that's good. That's something. Remember, all that—that's something. Don't poo-poo walks. We always say that. We put. We should put that on a shirt. Don't poo-poo walks.
1: <laughs> it's a good bumper sticker. No poo-poo
0: walk. Don't you poo-poo my walk? But Draga wouldn't like that. He's
1: he loves the poo-poo walk. He does not poop. That's true. I know this is way too poop. much information right. about our dog, but he does not poop on the walks. <laughs> he does, he does not only poop pees on, the walks. on everything. That's true. Anywho, so now
0: um, you're going to bounce back and have a great week of training. I know it. I know it. I can
1: see it. You the- better get that finger out of my face. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: so now on this main topic of discussion, like you said, you, uh, I think it was a great topic you brought up about the idea of when, or well, how did you frame it? When or if you should get a I
1: said, trainer. like, yeah, I, I was. When your tr- like young athlete needs a trainer. When yeah. does your When does your young athlete need a trainer?
0: I think for most of the adults that I have interacted with, or I guess parents of the kids I train, it was basically a lot of them had the same thought. They were like. They they wanted to give their kid the best chance to succeed because they said their child really put a lot of uh, showed a lot of enjoyment out of playing this one particular sport and expressed that they wanted to excel. So the parents who wanted to do go the extra mile um, to help them excel as much as possible decided to invest in a trainer. You know, usually we're referrals, you know, I'm a person I talked to this past week who you heard was a referral from a current client. Um, so it's, um, it's interesting because like now, I mean, the one, the one client, who's coming in, she's a volleyball player I've trained volleyball players, trained golfers, obviously I've trained, uh, hockey players. Um, now got a, uh, a soccer player and long distance runner oh, who's wow. a younger, younger student or a younger client. Um, so it's, it's, I think the parents obviously wanted their kids to be active and then their kid per child per chose one particular sport that they not only like excelled at, but apparently wanted to, from from what I gathered, wanted to pursue it more or more further. And unfortunately, I think it sounds like during the times where they're on teams and thing, they're working on their sport. Right, they're practicing with their team, um, and golf their individual sports, so they're practicing their game, but they don't really have time to do the cross training necessary to help give them to, in, to improve the fitness aspects that can help their game. You know, there's no real there might be a little off season training here and there, you know, maybe some boot like little kind of a uh, preseason camps for the team, but there's not a ton of the work on the fitness aspects. So uh, I think that's what their main goal is to basically find a personal trainer that works with kids in athletic development to improve things like balance coordination, speed, and once they hit a certain age strength
1: so that was gonna be my like first real question okay is why a trainer why like a physical fitness trainer why not just like ask the coach to say can you run some extra drills with them or like why why a personal trainer
0: well like i said i my from my experience it's that their time when they are with their team or playing their sport they're practicing their sport they're not practicing the basically drills to improve the physical attributes to help translate to their sport now, there might be some, you know, drills or something they do like a passenger where they have to cut or do something like run to one cone, run to the next. Well, like in soccer or in golf, they're at the range hitting their driver so many times. They're iron so many times. They're doing short game around the green, um, but that's they're practicing their sport specifically. They're not they're not training their body uh, and specific ways to improve things that I just outlined. Balance, coordination, um, lateral movement, jumping ability, um, basically unilateral strength, depending on their age, um, and then like speed training, you know, like just running or skipping or uh, running backwards, you know, uh, shuffling, things like that. They're not doing that all the times in there uh, when they're at the practice for their sport.
1: So if I'm going to, try to summarize this in a nice nice, neat little package let me know sure so when they're doing their sports in school they're focusing on the skill yeah i mean i I of I, their sport yeah right? i would say they're so. focusing yep. on this developing the skill of their sport right working with a personal trainer you're really talking about enhancing and focusing on physical performance
0: absolutely that's a great way to summarize it uh, yeah so, I mean, like I tell, I've mentioned on the podcast, but I'm a golf fitness trainer. You know, somebody does not come to me if they need me, if they want to learn how to hit the golf ball. I cannot do that.
1: That is not my. <laughs> you're like, please, you're yeah, not asking That is not my I'm forte. Still That's not on my it area of
0: expertise. <laughs> what? But if you get instruction from a certified golf instructor, you know, a swing coach, I can help prepare your body to better take that instruction and utilize it yeah. properly, you know, you know, tell your body, you know, how to load more weight into your trail leg, more create more ground force production, how to swing the club faster um, by, you know, doing speed drills, you know, how to stabilize your core throughout the swing by doing, you know, core exercises, things like that. So, and like, say... My the volleyball players and jumping is a huge thing, so we do box jumps, we do uh hip flexion drills, we do banded walks, we do clamshells, we do squats. From somebody's, you know, people know that to develop leg strength, you know. So, and uh, hockey players, I, my one hockey player is a goalie, so I work a lot of hip mobility drills with him. He so does a can lot drop of
1: drop down and <clears throat> block that puck.
0: Mm-hmm. He does a lot of jumping from one leg, turning in midair and landing on the other, so he can. Change from one side of the goal to the next, slide to the next side of the goal, rotating his body at the same time, you know, so we dry we do drills that translate directly to the sport.
1: you just saw the goalie at, when we went to the lightning game yep. recently, they're very bendy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's the idea is that we're, you said it, performance. We're, we're trying to improve their athletic performance, and then they get the fine-tuned, basically, instruction from their coach during their practices.
1: Okay, so that's, that's the why a personal trainer. How is training a younger athlete different from training an adult?
0: They're usually in so much better shape. uh, but
1: (laughs) sad but true folk
0: yeah typically like i said that they are they have less they're less likely to have injuries or previous injuries not all the time i will say that but less likely have injuries Uh um they are typically more flexible um but that doesn't mean necessarily mean they're more mobile we have to teach them mobility but they are a little bit more flexible um they also are very, they, they take instruction well. And it's not like adults are difficult people. I mean, it can be sometimes. But it's that they actually are, they're in the learning phase. You know, not only is their mind in the learning phase, but their body's in the learning phase. Especially for, um, for athletes, they're in the speed phase when they're younger. They can actually improve, they can teach their body to be faster. Adults can't. I think I've mentioned that on the podcast. Before. Yeah, when
1: we talked about the power episode, yeah. we talked about how you develop power. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you said, right?
0: Yeah, there's a certain window. Usually, it ends around your, when you hit your, you know, late teens, early twenties, that you can't develop speed anymore. You know, it's just like talked your body. Out. Yeah, your muscle fibers have already got to developed into what phase or type they're going to be, due to what stimuli you've given them during those early formative years. So that's what speed training is. Yeah, exactly. Slow twitch or fast twitch. Yep. And you develop that by doing certain types of training when you're in a certain phase of your development, your physical development.
1: Well, I do know.
0: So they are very pliable in that way. They're very easy to somewhat, they take (laughs) instruction well, both physically and mentally. You know, so I think that's what uh, one of the benefits of physical training for younger adults or younger people is. Because I mean, we do train a lot of athletes, but we have some kids that don't even play sports that do their physical education essentially at our gym because mm. a lot of schools have eliminated it. That's so freaking you sad. You know, so they do their physical education <laughs> at our gym. You know, so and it's just a body. It's a way you know, to use life. You know, parents want them to be active, duh. But it's a great way to kind of just. And develop their bodies and stuff like that. And, like, yeah. I think the probably, I don't know if you had another question. Do you have another question? So I was going to go down the kind of the, the strength road.
1: I will have another question. <laughs> but feel free to go down the strength road because I think it's relevant to what I just asked. Right. You so, know, like, physio- like physiologically how they're different and how a personal trainers approach might be a little different for a younger athlete.
0: So I think there is especially amongst personal training there's a lot of uh like and not even maybe not amongst personal trainer but kind of in the world of uh fitness training is you know strength training safe for young people to do. Yeah. You know um I think it is and you know is at, I think once kids you know, both males and females hit their growth spurt and they have the hormones in order to support, you know, strength training, it's, you know, it's definitely appropriate. You can introduce it early on, lightweights, talk about form and things like that. Um, but usually the probably the safest things to do when kids are younger is like resistance bands and then also just focus on making extra, try to have it to be uh, more speed uh, base coordination base because the more speed and coordination they can develop at an early age, it helps actually help strength training later on, especially athletic strength training, which is a little bit different than the kind of traditional strength training. Um, but um, I I I definitely think that you have to factor in the the age of the child client or the young client to tell the parents or tell whoever it is is about when they are essentially prepared to do strength training.
1: Yeah. And that was, I heard you talk about that because I, I mean, you, you kind of lay out the expectation, which yeah. is super smart. But I mean, I don't think like I wouldn't, I understand the science behind it after you said it. Right. But I don't think I ever thought about that because I mean, I remember like the weight room in high school. Mm hmm. And I feel like there was just dudes getting jacked in there all the time and never thought about like, oh, yeah, the reason that you have that is because they've hit puberty and they've like started going through their growth spurt. It makes no sense to do that at a younger school. You would Right. Just, that make absolutely no sense.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's, there's a lot, there's, you know, we're not going to debate on form or not, but it's like, you. You can't develop muscle, significant muscle, most people, right? There might be some exceptions, but, you know, both young men and females, males and females can't develop any real muscle until they get their growth spurt, uh, spurt, excuse me, until they're producing those hormones that help with muscle development. You know, whether it yeah. would be testosterone and HGH things like that, um, until their body is producing those hormones, there's no there's no real reason to do heavy strength training or strength training where you're re- basically uh, you know forcing your muscles to grow, right? Yeah. You know, progressive overload. we talked about how you do that, so. Um, Beforehand, it's great to introduce exercises and introduce the, introduce the squat with PVC pipe or induce it with a deadlift with a PVC pipe or do things like, um, you know, a chest press with a ball or something like that to kind of simulate the movements so your body is prepared. Once you can, you're more equipped to pick it up quicker, Yeah, right? So you can kind of hit the ground running um, once your, your body is ready to do that.
1: Okay. So... I think that, that's amazing, you know, to think about, like, the physiological difference and how the approach to training is different. Um, and it really, depending on those kind of that key factor. But from, from your perspective, from the trainer perspective, are there any risks to, like, a younger athlete coming and doing training? I
0: would say no. Because one thing, and they've always called it through the years and before I've heard this idea, is cross-training, right? One thing that we see in a lot of our athletes that come to us is that they're not playing other sports. Mm -hmm. And that's actually, I would say, a debatable, you know, kind of a topic of debate is, you know, as trainers, you know, some people say we want our, we want athletes that play all the sports, Because they can move in different planes of motion. They're focusing on different parts of their body, their physiology, their their anatomy to help them achieve their different sports. Like basketball is going to have different kind of movement patterns than cross country, right? Or golf is going to have different movement patterns than wrestling. So it's just like you want to have a multi, a well-rounded athlete in order to um, basically they think one helps the other. Because if you're moving in one plane of motion, like playing golf all the time, you're kind of setting your body up for typical muscle imbalances and uh, uh, possibly injuries due to that one repetitive motion. Yeah. And we even see it in soccer. I mean, running side to side or running backwards and things like that, the things that happen in soccer, if that's all you're playing, we see a lot of, you know, we've seen people like young people that are getting ACL repairs oh, know, before they even get into high yeah. school.
1: I mean, so, I was a cheerleader, and there was a reason I only did one section of cheerleading each year because I could have done it for, like, back-to-back football and basketball, but my body couldn't handle it. Yeah. To do that to yourself for, like, that long, no, no, no. Right. But I probably, it would have been nice to have, like, a trainer work with me to say, here's what you need to work on. Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but like if someone is experiencing like a repetitive injury or something, do you see that with your clients? And if you do, what what do you coach them to do? Like how do you teach them to compensate or do you teach them to kind of address it somehow?
0: No, I mean, we we always work on things like, you know, say if they have a knee injury Um, obviously follow whatever the, their, if they have any limitations, we follow those core, you know, if there's directions from a physical therapist, but we usually, we, we try to stretch and strengthen. So we try to increase range of motion around the injured area as much as possible. And we try to strengthen around that area to try to prevent it from happening again. But we also don't shy away from that. You know, that I mean, we've heard about it and it's, I wouldn't say it's a one-to-one, you know, kind of comparison about, you know, people have a hip replacement they don't just make them try to sit down the whole time they usually try to get them active as soon as possible mm-hmm. right so so the muscles don't atrophy so um we we like to make sure that you know especially with golfers obviously they swing one direction the whole time so even we work, like we work on non dominant side swings and things like that we make them move the opposite directional like opposite of what they do when they swing their golf club And they love it. Trust me. They love doing that stuff.
1: I'm laughing because Ella has a scooter, and she likes to ride it in the house. And she's gotten really good at riding it one specific way. Yep. And I saw that today, and I said, that's great. Now go the other direction. And she she did it, and she, like, fumbled because, like, I could tell, like, she – she has the motion. She's got the muscles. Everything's easier on yeah. that side. And I was like, "Now do it the other way." And she like she was struggling with it.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's the idea. Most of that thing, especially for you know non dominant side training, we call it. Yeah. The idea behind that really is not only it, it's from research we've seen it helps the dominant side get faster. Yeah. But it also yeah. helps minimize muscle imbalances, which is one of the keys to injury prevention.
1: It's very interesting.
0: hmm Yeah. So that's just a little kind of snippet about why saying why people send their kids to personal trainers.
1: Yeah. You know, well, when
0: athletic development, I it's think really it's good key, for parents yeah. to
1: hear because it's good for parents <clears throat> to hear. But it's also good if we have any high school students or younger students that are listening to this podcast. First of all, we love you. Second of all, you know now, like. How do you make the case to your parents to say, "This is something I want you've got some you've got some insight now into why you would need a personal trainer and how a personal trainer can help you, even if you already are in a sport. and if you're not in a sport and you just want to be physically active, absolutely. Mm. i It breaks my heart to think that there's a generation of people. Missing out on gym class. Gym class used to be one of yeah. my favorite classes. Yep. So, as I
0: said, hopefully that was informative to anybody listening out there.
1: It was very informative to me. Well, good. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm like, oh, maybe I don't, maybe I know a little bit more than I thought I did.
0: Yeah. Would you say you're pumped?
1: I am super pumped. Well, maybe you should be
0: pumped for this next part of the podcast.
1: I am. That's what's coming. And happen. I actually have something for this. Well, why
0: don't you go then? I'll let you go first.
1: Why, thank you. All right. Lay it on me. So talking about injuries and things that make us go, ooh, uh, I have incredibly tight hip flexors. And it has become a problem, folks. I think I may have talked about this before. But I have officially reached the point in my life where I can't sit down for long periods. Slice it down for more than a couple hours in like that bent 45 degree, 45, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90 degree angle mm-hmm. while using my fingers. If you're um, 45, there's something going on. I know 45 is like this. I'm not going to lie. There are times that I do do that as well. When I lean forward. Yeah. And I do that. I like that. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, anything 90 and below, um, sitting at a desk chair. It's like, everyone was like, oh, you should get an ergonomic chair. And I was like, no, it is not the ergonomics that are bothering me. I, I, I had enough of a setup, um, at my office desk chair. And I'm like, it's any chair. I just can't sit for more than a couple hours without like getting up and feeling like I can't bend my hip. It's like a sharp pain mm. in my my left hip in particular, but I get it in both sides. And I can feel like it's like that, it's that tightness like you feel in your body where it feels like a rubber band, you know? It just feels like it's incredibly tight to the point of snapping almost. And I stretch, and I'll do workouts, and yeah, it'll help for a little while, but this has been my this has been my pain for like the last year. I've been off and on going through periods where if I sit at my desk and I'm on calls all day, I absolutely cannot walk mm. by the end of the day, like it hurts to walk, so I realized I was gonna need to find some other solution, and I have before everybody jumps says you should get a stand-up desk. you should get a walking pad. I have both of those things. and yes, they are great, but it's not great when you have to be on back to back to back to back to back calls and where three quarters of your day is on a call and you look funny when you're walking. Yeah. trust me, I get I've gotten questions. and also like you just don't want to stand all that time like you you kind of there's certain things you just do better when you're sitting. If I'm writing and I'm on calls, I do better sitting. I need a new chair. So I decided to go just really out there with my chair. And I saw on TikTok. Yes. Oh, boy. This was a TikTok <clears throat> Fine, folks. Um, I saw on TikTok. And I have seen it before, like one other place. But it was these people who had got this specific chair, it's called the Meditation Chair. It's by a brand called Piper Song. And it is a two-level chair. So it's got the seat, which is, you know, smallish seat for your butt, for your buns. It's got a backrest, no armrest. It has then a wide, like, foot, I don't know, level where you can, you can kneel, you can rest, like you can sit crisscross applesauce. Um, they had like a diagram. with. I the, have, I will did the and... picture and we'll put it on Instagram. So you go. know exactly what I'm talking about. There's like 15 different ways you can sit in this damn chair. And I read the reviews and I read a review that was like, my wife has hip flexor issues this chair, like, she loves it. And I was like, sold. Sold. I will get it. I'm going to pay that scary amount of money. And that is about the same as, like, good ergonomic chair, yeah, like you. a decent one. And and I got it. And I was a little skeptical once I first got it on. it. I was like, wow, this cushion for my buns is not that big. Mm. And... I realize that the beauty of this chair is that if you are a person who just in your like core being is just a fidgeter, like you, you just, you like to move around. You don't want to sit in one specific position all day. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you likes, I love sitting crisscross. I love sitting that way, but I can't do it all day. I can only do it for spurts. And sometimes I like sitting like in almost a kneeling position and leaning forward. But I can't, I don't want to do it all day. This is the chair that gives you all the options. I can sit on like one, I can sit to one side. I could put my leg down. I can sit, you know, in like almost a squat position where my feet are flat on the bottom level and my knees are like up above my desk, mm-hmm. almost, and because I have a desk that I can change the height, it's perfect. So I, I am very happy with this seat. I would not say like this is the most comfortable chair ever invented. I would say that this is a great chair if you need to kind of keep moving mm-hmm. because it gives you the options. And it allows you to accommodate all these different varieties. And I just don't think there's any one position that we're meant to sit in for that long. Right. So I am extremely happy. I've had no hip pain at all during this past week. I was so excited that there was no day where I like went to pick up Ella or something and like was hobbling to the car because Mm. my hips hurt. It just, it was great. So it's. it may sound crazy, but I, I really am very pumped for this chair. Very
0: good. All right. That is something to be pumped for. What about you? I am pumped for the fact that our little Ella has turned into a farmer. My dream has come true. It might just be a one-time thing, but she actually helped me this today. I had to go out and trim the, uh, clip the wings of our chickens. Um, they're getting nice and long and, uh, uh, if they could be a flight risk. So,
1: yeah, we've got at least one that's a very big flavor. So,
0: risk. I knew it was time to uh, trim those wings, and it's a little bit of a process. You got to catch them and then hold them down essentially and clip the wings. Uh, but she helped me with all the hens, the small hens, she picked them all up and she held them. Um, everybody did good, and one was a little squirmier than the other. And we got figured it out, but she held it and even got scratched a little bit and took it like a champ.
1: That's she awesome. really helped,
0: you know. She was very, very helpful. So yeah, I was I'm glad.
1: Very... Man, I didn't have to do anything.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, you got out and you did dug the garden too, so she was
1: out there kind of. I don't know if
0: she was actually helping you guys, but
1: once she learned <laughs> that you kill the little grubs, oh, that was what she was helping with. Oh, okay. She should have, should have fed those two chickens. Ah, uh, oh, <laughs>
0: darn it. <laughs> Anywho, but yes, I was very happy to see that. And the more she can get outside and enjoy the outdoors and see how beneficial, you know, nature can be to us and we can be to it, hopefully, well, we'll translate for her love and appreciation for it. So that's what I was pumped about. And hopefully, you guys are pumped for this episode. If you liked it, if you learned a little something, please let us know by uh, leaving a rating review or sending us a DM on Instagram at the ATF Podcast. Got anything else for him tonight? Nope. This has been another edition of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast. The Addicted to Fitness Podcast. And we'll check you next time. bye For all things Addicted to Fitness, you can check out our website, AddictedtoFitnessPodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, at the ATF Podcast and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks.